On this week's episode of The Pool, we discuss Danny's preparation for the forthcoming bachelor party and the stooges that will be accompanying us. Also, I will bring to you the latest in entertainment news. We review for your ears consumptions, Magnificent Seven, Westworld, Luke Cage, John, roll it! Probably honestly, and I don't know if this is okay, but like I was thinking about it earlier, I was like, I might be more stoked for Danny's bachelor party at this point than this dude's actually stoked for his bachelor party. <laughs> yeah, it seems that kind of seems to be the case all around, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm definitely stoked on it. I'm just like, I'm over here thinking this weekend because these dudes just like barge in my house and shit. Um, which I'll get to, but, um, I'm thinking this weekend, like of the people going, well, let me, let me ask you this question. So of the people going, who are you betting money that you might have to stop yourself from like physically harming first? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) We gotta say, we gotta say on, we gotta say on air who, who I gotta think about (laughs) physically harming. And it's our goal to make sure that everybody listens to the podcast. Perfect. Um, Let's see. (laughs) Shit. Uh, My levels are like off the chart because I was laughing so loud. Um, Let's see. Dang, dude. I mean, you already know that me and Phil are going to be saying some stuff to each other. (laughs) uh, First and foremost. Uh, The thing is, though, is like at the end of the day, as like dumb as Phil can be sometimes, and that's like a unanimous thing. Uh, he, at the end of the day, he's a nice dude. Um, I think, I think Doug, I'm probably going to end up smack talking Doug more than, (laughs) more than Phil though. As nice as Doug is too. Like, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea and Doug's like our biggest fan. So like, by all means, like everybody should understand that both these dudes are like awesome people, but but just like, just like as far as like the teasing factor goes, I mean, look, we got, we got stickers printed out. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> but your brother got stickers printed out with Doug's face all over him. Like, that's all that needs to be said. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, like, you're right. I mean, they're, you know, obviously they're the homies. So they're, you know, awesome dudes. But, you know, at the end of the day, you stuck in a house with, you know, seven other dudes for five days right like you're bound to you're bound to get on each other's nerves a little bit something's gonna pop off a little bit i I was telling wes um you know obviously our other buddy who who came up in the last episode um i was telling wes the other day we were kicking it i was like man i think it's gonna be like uh basically four days or five days of me trying to play you know dad rounding up all my children from fucking shit up and like being belligerent but but then i was like as long as i'm drunk enough to the point where like i don't fucking care what they're doing yeah (laughs) then but i'm still not being belligerent then whatever then i guess it'll work out but i'm stoked though dude like i'm i'm looking forward to we definitely need to document that shit you know what i mean yeah i feel like i feel like before we go up to gatlinburg we should call a local priest to bless the city and so, so then when we leave, it, we could say like, "Look, like you guys crossed your T's, <laughs> dotted your eyes. I don't know what happened here, like, because they're gonna need some help when we arrive." <laughs>
That is for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a little concerned though, like uh, about the car ride itself. I mean, that's like, what is it like eight hours or something? Like that's gonna be the toughest part because at that point, like, <laughs> I know it's just like just getting started into the trip but yo if yeah. somebody gets on your nerves or whatever you can't exactly like walk away or go take a drink it's, uh, put your put your headphones in you just put your headphones in that's it <laughs> um and then and then we got what we got 15 dozen eggs amongst eight guys yeah 15 dozen <laughs> that yeah, we got uh i think we got like 10 pounds of bacon like no <laughs> <laughs> that's so much yeah. <laughs> like just yeah we're good on the breakfast front yeah bro, we, we shouldn't be struggling there at all <laughs> um let's see so um so i i checked some news earlier um breakfast kind of made me think of like syrup and honey and stuff and i saw in the news earlier that bees are now considered an endangered species in the united states Okay. Which what is it? Well, bees. I mean, I I mean, be, oh bees. bees like, yeah, I thought you said these. No, no bees. Like straight up bees. Oh, which like I always heard, or there's that like saying or whatever that if the bees die, then like everybody else dies. So we, yeah, then like we all die, dude. So that's that's kind of sketchy. But like, how do you how do you monitor that? Right. Like, how do you how do you count how many bees are in like? existence well, I mean, at one time yeah you know what i mean like how do you and i can't step out the front door and you tell me not to kill the bee that's trying to like take me down like, <laughs> um, so uh, funny all right so i gotta i don't know if you've i don't you've never met my half brother keith um i've ever i don't i don't even know if i really ever talk talk to you much about him but my <laughs> shout outs to keith if he's listening <laughs> which he probably is but <laughs> funny story about my brother keith right so he lives out in california dude's um super into like organic farming lives off the land like all, all kinds of stuff yeah dude. like modern modern day hippie is the best way to put it right okay like, um and i just remember that like first time i ever met this dude right um he was telling me that he's obviously a, he's a beekeeper and he's telling me about how if the bees die we all die, right? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, he's telling me about, and he mentioned something, and I might have been, like, really fucked up at the time, but he mentioned something about how the bees are, like, the lost people of Atlantis. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. I swear to, I swear to God. And, like, immediately I'm like, who the fuck is this guy, dude? What the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> yes. So, dude, you never know. I mean, maybe that's the case, man. That's that's a sad day, though. Then, if they're all dying, then that means Atlantis. I just, gone. I just hope all of the Beyonce fans, the Beehive, I hope they're aware that uh, that's a, <laughs> that's a problem. Um, but uh, so all, so not really. This is not really a news item, which I know we try to cover at the beginning. But something kind of happened to me I, uh, the other day on Friday. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, uh, Danny, Daniel, and I have day jobs, and uh, I work for a marketing department as a photographer and videographer for a gym um, that I won't name here because I don't know what I'm going to end up saying on this show at any point in time. <laughs> 
But uh, it's a great place. It's a great place to work. I love my job. But we're having a marketing meeting, and one of our ladies that does sales, she's she comes over, and she's like 60 years old, bless her heart, um, uh, which that makes it sound like she's much older, but 60 is not that old. But anyway, so <laughs> right. she, she comes over, and she's like, hey, I just had this member, uh, one of her members that I guess she sold a membership to is like – she works at the forum and she's like, does anyone know where the forum is? And I thought she said, do I know what it is? And I was like, yeah, she's like, how do you get there? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Um, so she looked at me like I was an asshole. And then, um, I was like, I thought you said, what is it? And she's like, Oh no, no, no. She's like, but you do know what it is. Long story long. Um, but so then she's like, well, some rock bands playing tonight. So if anybody wants to go that works here, they said, just tell them at the door and you can get VIP access. Now I was like, word. Okay. So I live in Gainesville, Florida. That's where the University of Florida is at. For those outside of this area, that still doesn't make Gainesville any <laughs> any more of a municipal area than it really is. Like, there's not a lot of things going on here. Um, so I'm like, all right, it's a redneck cover band. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking go to this show. There is no way in hell I'm gonna go to this redneck cover band show. Plus, Luke Cage just premiered today, and uh, I got to get home. Priorities. And, yeah, I got to get home and watch that. So, so you know, lo and behold, that's what I do. I wake up Saturday morning, and not that I'm the biggest fan of this band, but when you tell me I could get VIP access and all that comes with it, if you had told me that it was Coheed and Cambria, I would have gone. Oh, wow. But, like, <laughs> but she's, she's 60 years old. She doesn't know who Coheed and Cambria is. So she's just like some rock band. So I'm fucking laying in bed at 7.30 on a Saturday morning realizing that like this podcast may have been a detriment to my social life because <laughs> never. I felt like never. I was responsible for watching all of Luke Cage. Um, but uh, but – but yeah, so free like free entry, free VIP, everything. Yeah, you out, I could have. Yeah, and I could have met those dudes. And like you know, like I said, not Sucks my not. Suck. You're telling me not my favorite band, but like I would like to meet those dudes. Like I know they're incredible musicians. Um, at the end of the day, so. Right. Um, but outside that, because like I said, not huge Coheed fans. I'm not gonna sit here talk about it forever. Um, I saw that Warwick Davis is going to be in episode eight. Um, of Star Wars, which apparently he had. You know who Warwick Davis is, correct? Mm, the name's familiar. All right, he was he, he was the like the Ewok dude. He's a little person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, and then you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he was Willow and all this other shit. Um, but I guess he had a cameo in Seven, which I didn't realize. So I got to go back and see like what he cameoed as. Um. But he's like a pilot or something in Rogue One, and then they just confirmed today that he would have a role in Episode Eight. So for all the Star Wars nerds that love Warwick Davis, um, there you go. Um, so they didn't officially say what he what he was going to be playing. They just said he was going to be in it. Yeah, I just I just read that he was just going to be in it in an unconfirmed role at this point. Um, so. Who knows if it'll be something as big as an Ewok or if he'll just be a cameo appearance like in Rogue One in Episode 7. I don't know. Right. Um, but uh, I got to thinking, have you seen the – it's like a four-minute video. The behind-the-scenes of um, Chewbacca in Episode 7? 
No. So Peter uh, Peter Mayhew, who played, and if I mispronounce his last name, some Star Wars nerd can tweet us and tell me that I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> that, uh, that's the only way I've ever known. Yeah, to say that's it, so. that's <laughs> you're yeah. good in my book. All right, that's what matters. Uh, but but uh, so he only played uh, Wookie Wookie. He only played Chewie, who's who is a Wookie. Um, for certain points in the movie because he's so like he's old and he's like six foot five so it's just getting tough for him to move around and stuff so they had this like he's got like some he's got like some like movement issues like bone issues yeah yeah which probably comes with being a giant um right (laughs) so so they had this other young actor probably about our age um this like swedish basketball player or something like that play uh chewy and all the action scenes and stuff um, so I would venture to say though, that with episode eight, like already being filmed or I don't know, they may have wrapped. I, I don't exactly remember. Um, but with episode eight being filmed, I can't imagine that Peter's playing Chewie again. Like that, they started filming episode seven, like three, four years ago now. So he's, he's just getting old as fuck. There's no way he could play Chewbacca. I mean, yeah, right. I'm not going that, to, did I, he? Did he, um, cause I know like he was in the suits in the originals, but like, did he, he did the voice as well, right? I mean, is it possible that maybe he's just doing the voice in the, um, uh, he, he very well could be. Um, I, there's a lot of people that have learned to successfully imitate that sound. So, <laughs> right. um, not myself. Yeah. So who, who knows? Um, that would be a nice touch to at least let him continue to do that. Um, right, at least keep it in the family. Yeah, which leads me to another little thing that we hadn't talked about, and it's very short and kind of cool before we get into like our reviews, uh, or mostly my reviews, which we'll discuss. Uh, <laughs> but uh, is did you see that James Gunn gave Vin Diesel a version of the Guardians of the Galaxy script where he replaced all of the I Am Groot's with like actual lines so that Vin Diesel knew the meaning behind the I Am Groot? in those parts of the movie. Wow. Uh, no, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that at all. That's that, yeah. Thinking about that for a second. I mean, obviously each one of his, I am Groot's had a different delivery. So, I mean, did he do that? He did that preemptively like to, um, well, I don't know. Or he did. Yeah. So in, it was a thing that he did in, of what I guess they're calling those movies volumes. So in volume one, he did it, but it wasn't like something that was talked about. And so then on Instagram, like a month ago, he posted a picture of the script and it said the Groot version. And then I saw an explanation video and I was kind of, I thought it was really cool that he would go and then reprint an entire script for Vin Diesel that had fucking actual lines so that when Vin's saying, I am Groot, he knows what that I am Groot means. Um, right, how to deliver it? Yeah, you know, so, how to emphasize it? That's pretty sick, dude. I didn't, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, no, that's tight. Like as an actor, like myself, like that would take a lot of weight off of, you know, having to sit in a sound booth and <laughs> right. and guess how to say "I am Groot" in this particular way. Yeah, it makes makes saying that one line at least. Uh, I don't want to say easier, but um, you know, it gives you a sense of direction at least. Yeah, for sure. Of just for sure. Trying to wing it. But. Um. But yeah, all right, so we'll step out of the news and personal stuff, go into uh, what we're actually here to do, Um, and the first thing on the list is going to be Magnificent Seven. Um, Right out the gate, 
I will say this, Danny. Magnificent Seven, and I know how you felt about Suicide Squad, but you also know how I felt. Magnificent Seven was, to me, what Suicide Squad should have been. Um, I've heard that. I've heard that from, from a lot of people. Kind of. You, it's, you have a movie about uh, all mostly dudes. There is a woman main character, and thank God they didn't treat her as like this sexual object she there was like no sexual tension in the entire movie which was very different especially for a a male-led western movie but i digress um but uh you have all these guys that make questionable decisions in their everyday lives that come together for the greater good of something um and you you learned about the characters without having to have exhaustive backstories um and, and they all have different like skill sets, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did the due, gil- due diligence earlier because I owned the original Magnificent Seven of watching it again because it had been years since I had watched it, um, which actually links to Westworld, and I'll get to that a little bit later. But um, I like the new Magnificent Seven more than the old one because the old one... Um, Back in the day, for people that watched westerns in the like 50s, 60s, and 70s, like those westerns, it was like there was three races of people in the entire world. You had Mexicans, white people, and Native Americans, and that was it. Like it didn't go outside of that. Um, but in this Magnificent Seven, um, the 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 Magnificent Seven wasn't just seven white cowboys, um, and it, you had your Native American who went by the name Red Harvest, I believe, um, which comes from a cool little moment that I won't spoil. Um, then they do have a Mexican on the team, and there's some there's some race jokes there, but they're race jokes made in a certain in a taste that's not bad. One where you're not like, oh, <laughs> oh they went the there really. Yeah, racism possible. Yeah, it's like it's like there's a. There's a Muppets parody like Broadway show called Avenue Q that everybody loves, um, and uh, they have a song called "Everyone's a Little Bit Racist." Sometimes it's kind of like that. It was, <laughs> it, it was like, it was like, okay, that was a race sensitive joke, but everybody was in on the joke, so it wasn't bad. Um, but uh, then you have a, a black man on the team which certainly was not in the first original in the original magnificent seven there was no black man in that whole movie um the lead of this movie was a black man um my boy denzel right yeah oh yeah denzel killed it he mm. he he didn't get rid of that baltimore accent really that he sort of has <laughs> but uh i was you know it was whatever he he acted well so that was the that was fine um and then they have an Asian guy on the team who I can't remember his actual nationality, so I don't want to sit here and try and point to a place on the map and say that's where he was from. Um, but uh, he was a standout character, and he was sort of made after an old character, and his special skill set isn't even guns. He would get in, uh, this fucking guy dude would get into dueling contests like gun duels in the middle of the street, but when he would go to pull a gun, he would throw like his gun belt on the ground and dudes are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? His name was Billy. And Billy had a little bit longer hair and he had a hairpin in it. He'd pull his hairpin out and throw that shit and stick it in through your heart. 
a, like across like a fifty. Oh shit! Yeah, he he fucking tag you in the heart with this like pointy ass hairpin and kill you. And it's just like, <laughs> damn. Um, but uh, for me, it was a fun movie. Um, I don't know if you have any questions, anything you're curious about, having seen just the trailers at this point. Um, so feel free to throw anything at me. I mean, but so what exactly? Like I. Basically, the only premise that I know about this movie, if I'm being honest, is that you got a set of dudes uh, with some skills. Each one's a little bit different, but I don't really know what they're like coming together to achieve. Like, what's the like, what's the yeah, yeah, so the end goal. Like, so plot? um, and this is this is where this, the movie kind of had some departures from the original version. And again, I, I'm sure you. Uh, it probably seems like you haven't seen the original, which is totally fine. A lot of people negative. Ha- yeah, a lot of people haven't um, our age anyway. Um, but uh, it's similar and very much different in this respect. So in this movie, this girl's little little town is being overthrown by this mining uh, mogul, and like he's sending his own security force in there, and they're killing people in town, and uh, her husband gets killed. So her and her- who I thought was her brother, um, that was never really clear, clear to me. They run out of town and uh, end up in this town where Denzel Washington is, and he's like a—he's not really a marshal, but—and he's not really a bounty hunter. So he says, but he follows bounties. Um, He—he's—he's okay. he's a warrant officer, is what he was called. So it's basically a bounty hunter, but trying to sound good. Um, so. She she meets him, tells him the story, and uh, he's telling he's doing this thing that's pretty traditional in shows and movies like this, where he's like he's like, no, I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it, and then there's that one note where all of a sudden he realizes that he has to do it, um, and so then he rounds up Chris Pratt, who may have been funnier in this movie than he was in Jurassic World and Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Really, like Chris Pratt was hilarious in this movie. Um, like, oh, dude, he kept he kept it rolling, and he wasn't like the lifeblood of the movie because everybody served their roles so perfectly, including someone that you're gonna love to hear about. Uh, but anyway, so that that's the plot. Is then she gets this guy, and they start recruiting a team to go uh, protect her village, or protect her village, protect her town, and take her town back from this mining mogul or mogul played by Peter Sarsgaard. Who, um, who I think was the bat was Brainiac or whatever in um, in the Green Green Lantern movie. What was the bad guy's name in that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was him. Hector Hammond. Yeah, I think that was him. Um, see, he's a, yeah, that was him. He's a great actor. Great actor. Um, awesome villain. Um, but uh, yeah, no. So that's the plot, and they go and do that to to. Uh, some level of success. I won't give anything away. A lot of things start differentiating themselves from the original movie. When I'm watching the original movie, I was like, wow, this is kind of like not just be a jerk or anything, but this is kind of like a pussy Western compared to what I just saw in the movie, <laughs> the movie theater today. Um, so you like this one better than the original? Safe to oh, say. absolutely. Um, and the standout role for me, uh, the standout role, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, really? Yes. I, dude, I fucking love him as an actor, bro. Dude. Like, I, he, I, just everything he's in, he brings it, dude. Bro, like, he is—he's what we call a character actor, which just like he can do something and it 
and he's totally different voice, stature, and all this other stuff in every movie. Despite they just just disappears. Yeah, the character. Yeah, and this totally disappears. This one, he's this like Daniel Boone ass character where he's got like hides that he wears from his belt and a funny hat, and he's got a big old beard. But his voice is this like. Uh, have you seen Lincoln? Uh, no. Okay. No, I well, so. In that movie, Daniel Day-Lewis, who traditionally has a deeper voice, does this like high-pitched Southern-type voice thing. Um, and Vincent D'Onofrio, who also has a very deep voice, especially you know, is like Kingpin, um, does this like high-pitched, gravelly Southern voice that when he speaks, you're just like, "This is coming from this guy's body. This is crazy." Um, <laughs> and he's this like super Bible Bible thumper. But he justifies all of his like kills by saying that they're like demons and evil people, and he's ridding them from the their sinful bodies. So he'll like kill somebody and drop a verse from the Bible as he's like murdering people, and it's just like oh, fuck. you're just like this guy is so tight. But he was also this is old, like super metal. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. But at the same in the Bible while he's killing people, dude. That's yeah. Insane. It was tight. It was tight. But at the same time, then he would turn around and be a teddy bear. But. uh yeah, Vincent Di- <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio smashed it in this movie, man. Um, so I'm I'm check I'm looking through the cast here, and uh, I had to do a double take here. I had to click on this dude's name. I'd never heard of him, but uh, the guy that played a character by the name of Denali. You familiar with this guy? Uh, let me go ahead and pull up IMDb so that we can be on the same page. I don't remember well, the name Denali being dropped. Well, the actor's name. The reason why I had to do a double take. <laughs> said Jonathan Joss, J O S S. It's like, uh, what the? Uh, excuse me, sir. <laughs> Something you're not telling me here, bro. Like, hey, I'm rolling <laughs> dough. Um, but no, that's 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 sweet, man. I mean, it sounds like it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I just haven't, I haven't had a chance to see it. I'd like to go see it. Um, oh, dude, I mean, you you typically know how that works out for me. Yeah. Um. Jonathan Joss, Denali. Okay, Denali. Okay, so the Magnificent Seven, they have their own little, like, little, their Native American guy on their team, um, whose who's Comanche tribe sort of, like, sent him out as, like, a rogue. They told him, like, your path, your destiny is different than that of the tribe. Um, so they didn't banish him, they just, his destiny and their spiritual beliefs was different so he goes out and that's how he ends up with the quote-unquote magnificent seven um but this denali dude is this like uncle tom like native american working for the bad guy um and the whole movie once you realize there's these natives on either side you're just waiting for them to fight you're just like can they please get into a fight with their tomahawks they both wield tomahawks (laughs) with with their freaking bow and arrows. Um, and when Denali shows up for the big showdown at the end, uh, Red Harvest, he has his face painted in almost every scene. At the end of it, he has it painted um, like uh, it looks like Finn Balor in the WWE game, which is your reference for Finn Balor, that like de- <laughs> demon face paint. He comes up and I was like, this dude's on WWE. Um but then Denali has his his face painted as well. So that's how you knew that shit was going to go down. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then it's a crowd-pleasing movie. There's not really a whole lot of beats where you're like, I didn't see that coming. Because it 
it's not like you have to be smart to see the movie. So a lot of things I was like, I expected this to happen, but it was just such a crowd pleaser that even when it did happen, it just felt like a reward. Like I was waiting for it to happen because I wanted to see it and they rewarded me by like giving it to me. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, it was over two hours and I'm always a fan of movies when they're over two hours because it gives time for you to understand the characters. Um, which, you know, falling back on Suicide Squad was the problem for me is that they put into an hour and 40 minutes um, what probably... Like a million and a half characters. Yeah. <laughs> and then the only, like, Native American character in that movie, you know, <laughs> gets his head blown off. He got off. all of two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just like, dear God. Um, and that that guy, that actor had been in the business for a long time. So I thought it was weird they killed him off so fast in that movie. But... Uh, yeah, dude, that was, uh, that was fireworks stand guy from Joe Dirt, man. <laughs> Flaming bungholes and whatever oh the my, fuck he was selling. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, it seems like it's a crowd-pleasing movie. I yeah, mean, it's made, like, I would, judging by IMDb, it's, like, $62 million. Like, oh, insane. yeah, I'm sure they'll make their money back. Um, and I'll give, it, I'll give it an eight, you know? Like, it was just, it was the thing I needed after being kind of jaded by every action movie this summer past civil war it was just like i need something to really make me feel good about summer movies again and uh this one definitely did it um word and uh ca to cap it off yeah and so my segue then is that in the original um magnificent seven th the lead actor's name is yul brinner and um yul brinner was also one of the lead characters, if not the lead character, um, in the original Westworld movie. Um, so he had a connection there. He was one of the like robots, artificial people or whatever in the original Westworld. Um, which interesting, which now sort of segues into the Westworld segment, um, which you watched all of 10 minutes of. Um, yeah, like 12, 12, 13, maybe. So, so just, just to let everybody here know, just so you understand, cause we're, it's looking like we're going to be real good on time for this podcast. Um, <laughs> just go ahead, ju go ahead. Just, just to let everybody know, Danny and I had a couple responsibilities this weekend and, uh, they were to, at the very least watch Westworld and all of Luke Cage, uh, Look, I mean, amongst my responsibilities, did you want to be able to eat breakfast on this trip we got coming up? Or bro, bro, I, that's <laughs> I'm saying I clean my car, uh, I clean my house. Like I had time to somehow watch the original Magnificent Seven. Like I went, I was pretty busy as well. Got all my got all my chores done for the podcast. Right, so, so talk talk to your friends, bro, because I. I would have had plenty of time to do everything I set out to do this weekend if it wasn't for uh, your friends, and you got, you're going to have to claim them, just coming over to my house so that he can, you know, they can. So, all right, let me set the stage for you. Let me back up. So, um, I'm off on Saturday. Doug's at work, and we the original plan was we're all going to go to the store, get a bunch of shit for this, uh, for this trip, right? Uh, groceries and whatnot. Yes. Um, and we we're going to do it around like seven, eight o'clock at night. Stores open till like nine. Give us plenty of time. I thought that was supposed to be a 10 o'clock on like Sunday type deal. Well, yeah, originally that's what was going to happen. But then, um, you know, James, my brother, 
for those of you that don't know how to work. Um, so it was just going to work out better if we just did it Saturday night or whatever. Then afterwards, um, you know, I guess they were potentially going to come back and, and chill at the house or whatever. So five o'clock comes, Doug gets off work. I'm sitting at home. I'm like six, seven deep in, in Luke Cage. Here, knock at my door. Here's Dougie Fresh standing at my door. <laughs> I'm like, uh, all right, sure. Uh, I guess um, we're we're kicking it. But of course, Doug's only on like episode two or three. So what am I supposed to do? Like sit there and just you know tell him to close his eyes and like put some headphones on. So I I got distracted, dude. I mean, what can I say? All right, all right. You you, you fulfilled your obligations. I dropped the ball. Shit happens. Um. But but I digress. But uh, as you would say, yeah. Um, so Westworld. So Westworld. Westworld is tight. Um, at first, I was getting distracted because I was I was in a conversation with somebody on my phone. Um, but I was also over here trying to get Westworld um, out of the way. Um, it's very it's strange. I'll say this from from the get go from the very first episode. Um, there is not a true sign of who the main character of this show is. Um, and I think that kind of differentiates it from a lot of things, even like game of Thrones who like there isn't a main character, um, as much as it is an ensemble cast. Um, there, this show is even more ambiguous than game of Thrones was. If you went into it uneducated, um, because at this point after the first episode, I'm like, I don't know who's going to end up being the driving force for this show. Um, because you have a lot of, a lot of actors who could lead the show in it. I mean, for God's sake, you've got Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, right. you've got, um, I'm going to have to IMD. Ed Harris. You, you've got Ed Harris, Ed Harris, uh, super good role he right now his character is going by the man in black which is very stephen kingish um i'm not sure if he's going to end up like having a different name further down the line um oh wow imdb's got it given it a 9.3 rating for the show that's crazy um yeah it seems to be getting some high praise from everybody yeah um james marston uh you know cyclops scott summers um Evan Rachel Wood, I know her from originally across the universe, but she's been in a handful of things. She's a good actress. Um, Jeffrey Wright, one of the most underrated actors in my opinion. Not that he does a lot of things that are real stretches of the imagination for an actor, but he's just good. Um, Jeffrey Wright, does that name ring a bell to you off the top of my head, your head rather? Uh, Looking at his picture, yeah, I'm on IMDb as well. He does... uh... Yeah, he looks pretty familiar. Yeah, when you see his face, from, uh, Casino Royale. And yeah, um, but he's in it as well, and he's one of these main characters. Uh, so basically, the premise, and that's another thing, is it's very vague about the the plot at this point too. Um, it which makes it uh, almost a more interesting show because you don't know what the hell's about to happen, but um, you get so far that Anthony Hopkins' character has created all of these artificial, maybe humans um that you see them being created but it's unclear whether or not they're artificial or if he's just learned to fabricate living creatures um and then he's got this programmer who jeffrey wright plays um and 
there's something going on that's messing up all of the quote-unquote programming of these people within Westworld. Um, to break it down for people completely unfamiliar with Westworld, Westworld is a Michael Crichton-created property. Michael Crichton created Jurassic Park. Um, so he's a fan of these like theme parks gone wrong. So that's what Westworld is. It's a Western theme park um, in which things just start going wrong. And in this, it's... Uh, uh, programming things start deteriorating from their programming and uh, start going off of scripts that were programmed into them and things like that. Um, and so far, it looks like Ed Harris may be the reason. Um, like I said, I don't want to get too far into spoilers because this is something that you're particularly going to be needing and wanting uh, wanting to watch. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super interested. I mean, just the the first, you know, fucking 13 minutes that I saw definitely caught my attention. I mean, do they explain what the fuck is up with that girl, dude, at the beginning of the show? Like, the opening scene? Uh, with, like, obviously she looks like some type of AI, but she's, like... Yeah, so... She's, like, bleeding from the eyes, and there's, like, a fucking fly, yeah, so, like, so on her pupil. The show does, and you don't realize it until the end, the show does a Breaking Bad. So when the show opens up, you're watching the end of the episode. Mm. Um, that's sick. Yes, I, I, I love it. I love it when when shows kind of they show you just a glimpse behind the veil, and then they fucking rip slowly pull it back for you the whole episode yeah. until you, um, you get to see that. What I think is going to end up happening, um, as I look at like the cast list, is that she'll be ultimately the quote unquote main character of the show. Um, but it's got to work its way around. Because clearly they're asking her all these like existential questions. Like, have you ever questioned your existence and all that other shit right. that they do? Um, so I think it's going to ultimately be a situation where she totally becomes self-aware. And the questions that they're asking her, um, she, she literally starts considering them. Even though she's artificial in some sense. Um and, and that's where, you know, that's where, like I was saying, the lines get kind of blurry, uh, artificial, biological. Oh, Thandie Newton, Thandie Newton's in the show as well. Uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful black British actress. Um, she, wonderful talent, just wonderful talent, um, in this freaking show. It's, it's good. Um, man, what can I say that won't spoil anything? Uh, I'll just, I'll wrap with like, with this. I said this on Facebook. Um, it's old school Shyamalan. Uh, thrown in with some of the surrealism of like a David Lynch movie. Um, and then it, it's just loaded with darkness. There's not like a drop of humor in the show. It's just very, very bleak. Um, and uh, I think I think it's going to be a good time. I think it'll definitely be a good void filler for people that are missing their uh, their Game of Thrones. Um, no, I, I, like I said, dude, I'm super excited about it. I mean, any idea they haven't said I'm kind of searching right now looking for it, but they haven't said uh if this is like a limited series of any kind, right? Like they they just fully intend on this being their next like staple show. You know, I was thinking about that, dude, cuz if you if you consider what the show's about, it's about this like like what I was just saying, it's a a western theme park where things start going wrong. Like how many seasons can you really make out of something like that because right because yeah, that's that's what i'm thinking as you're like as you're telling me about it, i'm like 
it sounds sick as fuck, but like, I mean, I don't want it to be like redundant at some point. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, don't if they're able to wrap like, it up. It yeah, if they're able to wrap it up in your typical um, HBO ten episode season. Mm, excuse me, I'm drinking beer. Um, then, then perfect. I won't be upset if I find out that this was all that we get. I'll be like, you know what? You told the story and you told it how it needed to be told, and you didn't drag it longer than you needed to, um, because that happens. A lot. We also failed to mention, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, um, this newest take on Westworld, J.J. Uh, Abrams had a hand in it too, right? Yeah. Producer on it. You know, it? And he, for a long time, that was what I kept hearing. And I'm sure he did at some point have producer, um, a hand in producing. But for the most part... Um, it's Christopher Nolan's brother, uh, Jonathan, and Jonathan's wife, Lisa, um, are like the driving forces behind the show. Um, JJ's name ended up not even making the credits, so I don't know um, what the deal is with that because throughout the entirety of its production, which has been a very long time coming, um, there's a lot of problems with it. Um, it was always that JJ. That's weird. Yeah, it was always that J- It's It's right there on the poster, too. I mean. They got them listed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, I mean, right I'm there. looking through the full cast and crew, and they don't have them credited. Yeah. So yeah, it is on that poster. You're right. Oversight. Yeah. J.J. Uh, Abrams, Jonathan Nolan, and Lisa Joy Nolan is her actual last name now. Um, but uh, which is kind of interesting because uh, Jonathan Nolan and his wife are doing this, and then Christopher Nolan, his wife, is the executive producer on all of his movies. Um, so the the <laughs> Nolan brothers are very much about having their wives involved with their work, which is interesting. Um, but or maybe their wives are very much uh, about being involved in their work. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, they, that's typically not to. Uh, uh, all right, I'll stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just <laughs> I'm, 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 we, we just I'm lost about to get married, not try to get <laughs> in trouble. Just <laughs> lost the female population that was listening to the show. All two two women. Uh, look, yep. but continue, please continue listening to the show on my behalf, forgive Daniel, uh, and then pray for his, his soon to be wife. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm right now, I can't even grade the show. I'm pleased with what I've seen, but I can't sit here and say, oh man, it's a 10 out of 10. Um, hold on one second. I got this crazy text message I'm looking at. I'm not going to say it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, but it's definitely something that has me so intrigued by what it's presented me that I will be back week after week to watch it. Um, and, True that. And, and, Fair enough. And that kind of covers our Western segment. But but after finishing Luke Cage, I realized that Luke Cage itself is a fucking Western. It's a Western, yeah. Yeah. It, no, I, I could see that. Like... If you think about the plot, and like this is a very broad explanation before we get specific, but you get this guy that is ultimately not from town, but he quote unquote stumbles into town, such an old western trope, stumbles into town, and the people learn to love him, and then the town's suddenly in danger, and what's he do? He decides that he's going to be the savior of this town, reluctantly at first. And then he ends up deciding that it's for the greater good to do so. And then usually that winds up in a showdown that was in this particular show, this particular season, such a Western type showdown that like 
as soon as it was going down, I was just like, I was like, somebody was brilliant enough to take what might be, and I say this, I say this with a sense of pride as as a proud white man. Uh, uh, I say this with a sense of pride as well. This might be the blackest show I've ever seen. Um, it might be the blackest show ever made. Dude. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, which is which is like it, totally and it was great. Yeah, no, which is totally cool. Um, that we needed a show like it almost after the get down, you know, to say that something else could like further the African American like entertainment realm within film and television. Like to say that somebody took it maybe a little bit further is is such a cool thing to say. But uh, to get get it kind of away from that, it's it's cool that somebody took like a type of programming that you don't typically associate with, with black people. Um, but said, you know what? Like, I like the structure of that type of storytelling. Let me tell it, um, with, with a largely black cast. Um, and so, and my God, that cast dog, that cast, like, Oh yeah, dude, not a weak, not a weak person. Although I couldn't stop seeing shades as juice, but still, (laughs) still, I wanted to, I, I was, I wanted to see the uh, the lightning bolt head tats on the side. I would have just there to set his character off. I think they would have worked with this character. I really do. Um, but I I don't don't let me forget. I want to come back because I'm sure at some point we'll spoil the fuck out of this show. But I had a different take on the uh, on the showdown at the end. I didn't I didn't actually see it as a western. I didn't actually get that vibe until you just mentioned it. And yeah, I could totally see that now. Um, with that being said, I totally had, I, I felt like it was like ripped straight out of the script of a of a another movie um, in the early '90s. But I'll, I'll just remind me, I'll get to that. But to to touch back on um, just some of the powerful symbolism in this show, dude. Is as far as um, I don't want to say the blatant racism, but the the overall like undertones and themes of the show, like you, you didn't see a trailer or an advertisement um, for this show that wasn't a black man in a hoodie getting shot, not falling down. Yeah. Which was, is so fucking powerful. Like right now, like as I was watching this show, man, there were so many scenes where I was just like, wow, they're fucking doing this, dude. Like, this is, like, this is ballsy. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. this, this is super powerful. Like, I can only imagine, um, yeah, and, I, and realistically, I can't, but, you know, how, you know, an African-American or, um, would see this watching this show. Like, it's, I, I'm sure it's got to resonate with, like, so many people across the country. And I think it's, I think it's fucking great that they're, they're putting it out there and they're just, they're, just blatantly going for it like in episode one and i could be wrong because i'm in a haze of 13 hours straight <laughs> trying to binge this show uh on you know little to no sleep but i in episode one i could swear that they dropped a black lives matter or, or all lives matter or some something to that tone um something you know kind of like that and i was just like wow like there it is like uh here we go yeah this is luke cage i I feel like i remember you pick up on that i feel like i remember something like that too and again like it is hazy to me as well because we literally did like hardcore binge the show yeah i i so i took i took notes and i broke it down by episode and i did yeah i wrote down here episode one black lives matter i mean they they like blatantly came out and said it right in the first episode which i thought immediately i was just like wow 
they're not holding back. <laughs> like uh, they're getting started right away. Doesn't um, he say? But I think it's I, f- I think it's sweet. When I look back at it, I'm kind of like because we have. Let, let me check, ladies and gentlemen. We try to keep a certain time for y'all. When when I look back at that episode in that particular moment, I kind of feel like I was taken aback because they almost suggested, and, and I could be very wrong, but it almost seemed like they suggested that the all lives matter type slogan was, was correct. Um, and obviously you know, just, you know, for those that like properly understand black lives matter, it's not saying that only black lives matter, but like in the context of the show, it seemed like what they were saying was almost more all lives matter than the Black Lives Matter right. slogan that we've been hearing. Um, damn, now you've given me incentive to go back and watch the whole fucking thing. Uh, yeah. Literally just got done watching it. Yeah, yeah, I just got done watching it. Now I'm like, man, I got to go check all these nuances again. But I want to I kind of stay with this for a second because I like the fact the, – the one thing that I, I you know, truly liked most about this show was – the realness <laughs> like yeah. that's the best way to describe it like this is the realest show and i mean that not in a sense of like you know um like they were you know i don't i don't forget that thought I, what i mean by it basically is that the the overall problems that they were facing um like for example um fucking pops barbershop right yeah shit gets blown up like three four times during this show yep. and they don't have any money to build it back yeah um yeah. they're not barbers so they once they do build it back they don't even know what they're gonna do with it and then like the writing the dialogue in the show they they use the n-word like pretty loosely in this show I, which i was not expecting yeah i was curious right? if and that was, was gonna happen it had and and so by real, I guess what I mean to say is it felt so genuine. Like yeah. Not only in in a sense of dialogue, but the problems that they were facing. Yeah. How they acted and coming from somebody that we've you know I've mentioned on the on the show in the past, my family's from New York, so I've spent a lot of time in New York. I've been in Manhattan, you know, a lot. You know, I, I kind of I I I have a sense of how New Yorkers act, how they talk, what you know, how they carry themselves. The first fucking episode, dude, and I did not know he was going to be a reoccurring character, but I fucking loved it when I found out. The dude that's selling bootleg tapes of the incident. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking awesome, dude. So awesome. <laughs> and like, you see him again at the end of this show. <laughs> and he's... And he's like filming the whole showdown, and then at the end, he's like, he's like, nah, man, stop filming. He needs his discretion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's like, while he's like trying to like get it in with uh, Rosaria Dawson. Yeah, that's hilarious, dude. Anyways, no, no, he wasn't trying to. He wasn't trying to get it in, bro. He just wanted to go get coffee, bro. Right, right. He just wanted right. to go get coffee. Colombian, the Colombian, the robust, robust blend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, so but, uh, how about like. I wanted to touch on some of those flashbacks that he was having, uh-huh. um, which I thought was an interesting way to kind of tell the story. Um, Cause we've seen that. What, what I realized was we've seen that in all of the Marvel t- television shows, yeah. or at least the net, the Netflix exclusives. I, me personally, I don't watch agents of shield. Yeah. But, um, but we really haven't seen that so much in the cinematic universe. No, um, like not at all. Which I thought was kind of, 
and I think that's because, you know, they're limited on their time constraints, so they don't have the ability to spend, you know, 20 minutes in an episode and yeah. going back. But, dude, when he was in, um, when he was at Seagate, and he's not shaven, he's not, like, showering, and he's got yeah. his, like, yeah. burly-ass beard. Dude just straight looked like <laughs> fucking, like, Mufasa, bro. Like, he had this, like, huge fucking, like, bro, just beating dude's asses, bro. Dude. He looked super intimidating. I was kind of hoping that, you know, maybe at some point in the show he would kind of um, reprise that, you know, that... That look? Uh yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that part of his character would <laughs> be pretty Dude, sweet because I thought he looked badass. Well, they did They did throwbacks. First of all, I want to say that that appearance that he had was, like, my iteration of Franklin in GTA Five. That's how I customized my Franklin. <laughs> um, but uh, – and and the wi- the fro wig was awful. No offense, Luke Cage, but, like, you could have done, yeah, a, you could have done yeah. a better fro wig than that. I've noticed that with a, a lot of their a lot of their like uh, I don't want to say costumes, but their facial hair in particular had that kind of problem. Yeah, with it, but. Um, but they do a throwback back to the like Power Man comics because in the Power Man comics he wore this like I don't know if crown is the right word, but it looks like a crown. Um, it's like a halo. He yeah. calls it he calls it something in the show too. He refers to it, and he had that he wore that like ridiculous colored shirt. Yeah, yeah, that that like weird yellow shirt, and he was like, "I didn't have anything else or some shit like that." Um, but yeah, no, I thought that transformation scene in particular, not to cut you off, but that transformation scene that you see in the flashback was a uh, was a little bit cheesy for me. Like he just like in the water, like screaming, uh, oh, and then like you see this like random explosion, and now he's yeah you know just awake yeah i don't know well there were a few moments in the show and the music kind of went along with that that were kind of like i don't know if self like i don't know if they were self-aware but they were kind of like black exploitation um um kind of like moments that we saw excuse me in the get down where uh it was throwback to like black exploitation films because it, essentially like the original Luke Cage comic was kind of like a black exploitation comic. Uh, from the things that I went back and researched and looked at, it was just like you have a super you have a super strength black guy that walks around in a yellow shirt and he's super funky and he says things like "Sweet Christmas" um, <laughs> every episode. Dude, yeah, uh, they dropped that "Sweet Christmas" like it was freaking hotcakes, bro. Uh, but like. I think they did some of the cornier things to harken back to that that era of like filmmaking and things like that. Um, the, some of the stuff was very like Quentin Tarantino in the way that Quentin Tarantino handles uh, black people in cinema, um, which it, you know I might lose some people and they might not understand what I'm saying on this. But if you don't quite understand what I'm getting at, then you need to go back and watch Jackie Brown. And then watch Luke Cage and tell me that some of those like beats aren't there. I'm not sure if you've ever seen Jackie Brown, um, no. But no. Uh, but probably more than any other Quentin Tarantino movie, that movie has like these very black exploitation type beats to it. Um, and for those that don't know what black exploitation is, um, black exploitation was kind of like when grindhouse movies were a thing, but they used like black lead characters. Um, instead, um, and I'm sure I'm like very much over generalizing that entire genre of film. Um, 
but for the most part, that's what was going on with it. Um, but, but yeah, um, I was, I, I gotta be honest, I was so glad to see Rosario Dawson, like, get her due. Like, she's been in all three of the Defender series that we've seen so far, and it's about time that she was, like, in the front seat for more, yeah. more than, like, an episode. Um, Which I wasn't expecting. I mean, like, we saw her in the trailer initially, um, before it dropped, and I thought she would just be in it, you know, for like an episode or two, just kind of like she was Jessica Jones style. But um, I no, I mean, she played obviously a huge role in this um, towards the end, the latter half. Yeah. Um, which I liked. I, she's fucking, she's fucking awesome. And she's a huge comic head. I don't know if you know that. Well, her not. dad's an artist or something like that. Yeah. 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 So that's why she, um, you know, in particular, she loves uh, anything comic book related. That's why she was in Sin City and, you know, all the Marvel cinematics, you know, the Netflix shit. Clerks um, 2. to this point. She's done a lot of, like, um, voiceover stuff for, um, you know, like, comic-related um, properties and things yeah. like that. So. Um, Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Yeah. She's a great actor, dude. Oh, she's, she's, actor. she's a great actress. Hey, actress, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... The, what's interesting to me, and I'm wondering if they'll explore this a little bit. Well, first, let me point this out. Can we talk about how how she just used all of her mom's shit throughout the entire show? Like, they, <laughs> and her mom was, like, totally cool. Yeah. Like, it did not take any convincing. Like, my mother would have been like, Daniel, what the fuck is your problem? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like she would have, like, flipped out on me, like you're not taking my fucking car yeah. like like she was just totally cool with yeah just take the van destroy the care van if it gets shot yeah. like just don't shoot my daughter like what the fuck <laughs> like if i brought my mom's car back and it was like <laughs> it was full of bullet holes i'd have some explaining to do, you know what i mean um uh, but but further along um, I, I just wanted to point that out. I thought it was pretty funny, but uh, that she that twice she specifically had to be like, "Oh, it's my mom's." Um, but but um, she would make it a point to like tell people. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, but in the comic books, I believe there's like three different night nurses, um, and so yeah, I believe so. I'm curious if we're gonna ever meet a different night nurse, or if we're just if they're just gonna use her as the sole night nurse in this series, because. Obviously, Night Nurse so far has been the strongest connector between all three of these series. Um, so that's got to feel kind of cool to her because, like, in no one series do you ever see any of the other heroes, which is getting kind of, like, annoying to me, to be completely honest. I'm just like, look, especially in Jessica Jones, it was worse. At least in Luke Cage, he's in Harlem. But Jessica Jones was in Hell's Kitchen and Daredevil was in Hell's Kitchen. But you're telling me that throughout all the shit that was going on in Daredevil Season 2 especially, and in Jessica Jones, Matt Murdock never showed up in Jessica Jones, and then when he's fighting the Punisher, this super-strength girl never thought, hey, maybe I should show up and fucking try to take down these bad guys? Like... That doesn't make a lick of sense to me, but well, what, what's uh, what's interesting too is, um, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but this a while back uh, had to be a few months back now. The uh, the reason why they don't actually explicitly call her the night nurse and she's not like credited as as such either, she's just Claire Temple, um, is because uh, there was like a Marvel exec I can't remember now, so forgive me, but there was a Marvel exec that came back some uh, that came out and said that they intend on using a character named Night Nurse at some point in the cinematic universe, like in the movies. So that's why they were unable to. Well, they weren't going to name her or. or 
you know, title or such. But obviously, that's what the fuck she is. Well, like, you know that. I mean, she you, plays that role. So you didn't pick up in in Luke Cage that somebody straight called it a night nurse. I th- I vaguely remember hearing that, but so, I'm in a 13 hour fog. Yeah, somebody <laughs> at one point, Luke Cage was like looking for her, and he stops to help. I think the cop lady. And uh, I forget okay. her. I forget her name. Misty. He stops to help Misty, and Misty's like, "You go after your night nurse." And I was like, "Oh, they acknowledge that that's who the fucking character is." Finally, um, mm. interesting. So, yeah, I, she doesn't call her the night nurse, but she says, "You go after your night nurse for for what for what that counts uh, as." Yeah, I do kind of remember that now. Um, I remember that. But um, but I wanted. To- Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I didn't have. Well, I I wanted to talk about, um, while we're on the topic of, like, actors and actresses within this, um, fucking, uh, what's the dude's name that plays, um, uh, Cottonmouth? The dude from House of Cards? Um, his name was Carnell. Yeah, do you know that the actor's name, though? Oh, no, not off the top of my head. Um, anyways... That dude fucking murders that role, dude. Like, there was one point, and and just like his little mannerisms and how he carried himself was so fucking gangster, dude. Like, (laughs) so gangster. Like, there's like he would just kind of like have this swagger about him, the way he stood, and he would like he would just hit this like little (laughs) as he like pets his mustache, like real gangster like. Yeah. And then like next thing you know, he's just popping dudes in the head, like cold blooded dude. Like he was gangster as fuck. (laughs) I, uh, I was really actually, and and I will start to kind of ease our way into spoilers on this. Um, so spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear it, turn it off, go watch it, come back and listen. But I was really kind of, um, disappointed that they killed his character because honestly i liked him as a villain and an antagonist uh a lot more than i liked um diamondback personally and, and they, i don't know how you felt they, about it but they killed him in i don't want to say that i didn't like the way they killed him because if they were gonna kill him i feel like bringing his sister into power the way that they did was the right way to do it but it was also kind of anticlimactic um because he was the only other person around in this particular series that had super strength. Um, and, and that was the other thing is they really downplayed his super strength because obviously he throws a guy off the roof so you knew that he had super strength because he threw that guy like 15, 20 feet. Yeah, <laughs> just like, um, chucked him. Yeah, so you knew he had super strength but nobody ever discussed it in the way that they discussed Luke Cage having super strength. Um, yeah, he, I mean, that character in the comics has super strength and he has, uh, some other abilities. He's like, you know, um, he, he's familiar with like different types of poisons and he kills people with poisons and whatnot. So I thought it was, and I could see them totally leaving that out. Um, but, and like, there's other depictions where he has like sharp teeth or he has like a fake, uh, an iron jaw, like fake jaw of some kind. Um, so I, I could totally see that leaving that out because again, this show is like on a realistic level. Um, you know, what, what you would think, uh, you know, is just modern day Harlem, but you're right. I mean, the dude, he he clearly was fucking people up pretty yeah. easily. Um, so I was kind of surprised that they didn't kind of go into detail about that or at least um, make it a point to, well, I, I, to show that. I thought it was fun that, like, they make both of the villains 
uh, ultimately, obviously, um, what is her name? What is, what's... Mariah? Co- is that Cottonmouth's sister, Mariah? Yeah. Yeah, Old- she's called, and what's, and this was, I was actually kind of, uh, I was like, so first episode, when they start, uh, when when we get, when it starts getting into it, and, you know, again, I heard the Black Lives Matter, and they're, they're loosely using the N-word, I was like, are they about to call this lady Black Mariah? Because that's her name in the comics. She goes by Black Mariah. Uh-huh. And I was like, they're, I, I really hope they don't go that far, right? Like, there's that's the line. Uh, and they did it. They just they just referred to her as Mariah or, or Madam Stokes or Councilman Stokes or whatever. Yeah. I, I just thought that was kind of funny. I was like, I was waiting for it, and then it uh, wasn't theirs. <laughs> um, <laughs> Black Mariah. Um but uh she was pretty good though i liked i well, liked her as an actress yeah she was, she was all right i've seen her in a number of things before um i like that both the bad guys were different types of snakes um obviously that's from the comic books but uh i, I thought it was interesting that there were different types of snakes and ironically both of their last names start with an s striker and stokes um and i think because in the comic books willis striker is not technically Luke Cage's brother. They were they were in a gang together. They were just, um, yeah, they were like best friends yeah. growing up. Um, which so spoiler alerts, they end up being brothers in this show. Um, and another moment that to me was just like really, um, and I and that mm. that doesn't take away from the quality overall of the show, but it was just a moment where I was like, that's how we're gonna handle this. You're gonna pull a Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker. Um, (laughs) like that's an old school trope. We don't need to go there. Um, but I feel like they sort of did the, the poison weapons or poison type thing that they, you thought they would do with Cottonmouth and used it with Diamondback. It wasn't, although it wasn't poison, it was from the aliens from the first Avengers. It was a metal that came from their planet. Um, but that was like the venom that would take down luke cage um and so that's what they made the bullets out of yeah that would explode the, the like judas would, they had to have that type of technology yeah in order to make these judas bullets, bullets. um right pro- and produced and, by did you see who made the bullets oh no i i didn't was it stark Industries? no it was hammer justin hammer oh that's pretty dope. Um, That's pretty dope. That was in like the first episode, at the end of the episode or something like that. You see this dude loading something into like a locker or something, and it says "hammer" on the box. And I was like, "What's this gonna? What's this mean for the show?" And then later on, you're introduced to this fucking Diamondback guy with his big ass fucking machine gun, or inside of his his Humvee that he drives in the middle of New York, and nobody notices. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, but you brought up. Uh... You brought up um, – I thought that was a really good way to kind of start to tie these two universes together. And uh, and we talked about it on the last episode of how we wanted more tie-ins on the show, and I thought that there was significantly more than in the past two shows. I felt like they kind of heard what people wanted there. Um, I mean, they were constantly – there was, and it wasn't just like quick one-liners because I mean those were there where they drop a line like I know a good lawyer like yeah. I think Rosaria Dawson said that like ten yeah. times, um, but like one thing that that kind of um, I had to like kind of stop for a second and realize what was going on uh, while I was watching it, but like in one of the middle episodes, um, 
like there's a voiceover of a radio show and it's Trish Walker's show and they're talking about Luke Cage and what's going on and I was like, oh shit, that's that's fucking tight. Like I wasn't expecting that, you know what I mean? Um, and, and a lot of those little little slight tie-ins um, that I I personally enjoyed and I'm sure there's a ton of Easter eggs in this motherfucker. Yeah. Um, some of which I caught on to, but. Uh, what did you, how did you feel about all the tie-ins? Because I know that was like one of your kind of worries going into, it or one of your things that you wanted out of it. Did you, did it have enough? Did, was it what you were looking at it for out of it? Um, I think they handled the tie-ins um, pretty perfectly. With uh, you know, like I said, like I wish that there were more uh, physical tie-ins. Um, right, like you actually saw people. Like, yeah, I was waiting on that. I was waiting, but to tie it into the Avengers universe and films, um, much more than the previous two shows have, um, I thought was great. Um, I I think it's gonna be a lot funner, more fun, funner now that um, Doctor Strange is entering the Marvel universe, um, because. He really opens up the door for some of that mystical stuff, which if I understand correctly, and I'm not familiar with the character, Iron Fist sort of has more of that stuff um, right. that comes with him. I, I could be totally wrong. Um, I know nothing about Iron Fist. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I would like to sort of see a more mystical aspect come to the Netflix Marvel Universe. Um, that's why I liked the idea of Cottonmouth being superhuman, because... Uh, you know, Daredevil doesn't fight any superhumans other than perhaps that uh, ninja guy who may or may not have resurrected from the dead. Um, and uh, ninja guy. Yeah, I forget his name. I mean, he was a ninja. That's not like that's not weird. He was straight up a ninja. <laughs> nah, um, um, they call him a ninja. Um, Jessica Jones. I guess she went up against a mutant, but like. I'm waiting for these shows, and maybe they're just saving it for Defenders, but I'm waiting for these shows to have a badass fucking superhero showdown. And Luke Cage came sort of close, um, but I'm just waiting for that, like, momentous fucking battle that you see even in shows like Flash on TV, on CW. Like, you see that kind of shit in, in Flash, um... Right, and, and so I just don't get why if Disney is personally funding these projects with Netflix, uh, who we all give our money to every month, why they couldn't <laughs> somehow make a big-ass showdown. And I get they're trying to ground it. This is the grounded version of the Marvel Universe. Okay. But, but still, if you're going to give people superpowers, like have them fight people that are at least their equals – and, and, and perhaps have them fight people with superpowers. Like, Diamondback, like you said, was not like the optimal bad guy because he didn't have powers. He had to fabricate a way to take on Luke Cage. Um, and I felt like there was a lot of times where I was like, damn, dude, this dude's getting hella lucky, like, with these bullets just barely dodging him. Like, there were so many times where, like, Diamondback was, like, right in front of somebody, like, trying to shoot him, and they just wouldn't hit him. Or, like, he would just run super quick, like... This dude must be like super fast, bro. Like, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I was kind of I wanted that explanation or like, um, you know, that reasoning of being, oh well, he's superhuman, so it, you know, I can write it off to that. Yeah. But no, instead, it was just like, oh, he's just like, I guess he just dodged that bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
I mean, they're going to have to start to merge uh, these universes, um, you know, in more mythical ways, as you put it, uh, sooner rather than later. Because, I mean, Infinity War is creeping up, dude. And, and they said that, you know, the Defenders uh, as a whole are going to play a part in that. And so, um, you know, they it's going to be awfully <laughs> fucking cheesy if they just, like, and now back on Earth. And they just, yeah. like, cut to, like, Luke Cage, like, Wait, punching dude, a hole in the wall. Is, you know in, I mean? is Infinity Wars next summer or is it the summer after uh i think it's the summer after oh, okay i was about to um, say because they haven't started filming jack shit for infinity wars because um, right. it... i mean they're they still got to put out defenders first yeah. and that's like that's like late next yeah. year so they, they still got plenty of time yeah. Still, um, I mean, they're going to have to start to merge these. You're right. And, but as far as to, to wrap up on tie-ins, though, there was one physical tie-in. I don't know if you remember the dude. And he was actually – he played a much bigger part in this one than he did in the last show. But um, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, there, was one, there was one guy was it that the, was – Was uh, it that forensic police officer? Forensic police. The, no, 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 no. But there's no, a C, there were uh, one of the. I mean, he might have been one there. of the CSI guys who was super skinny and had long hair was definitely in like Jessica Jones or something. Oh word! I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. Uh, the dude that I'm thinking of was um, Turk Barrett. So the guy that uh, Turk Barrett was the dude that Luke Cage. Um, he helps both Cottonmouth at the beginning when he sh- when he throws that dude off of the cliff or off of the building, uh-huh. and then he also helps um, Diamondback at the end. And Luke Cage um, like locks him essentially locks him in that dumpster. That was Turk Barrett, and Turk Barrett um, he was one of the human traffickers in Daredevil, like right at the be um, like the first episode. I don't know if you remember that, but he. he um, when he first shows up and he opens up that cargo container and he discovers that they're trafficking people, uh-huh. he was like one of those main dudes. And then he, um, he plays, he has like a, a smaller role in like, uh, another episode or two after that. But yeah, he was like really the only physical person that I recognize from, you know, any of the other shows other than like Luke, of course, huh. <laughs> and Rosario. Huh. Um, um, but how about, um, you want to you want to get into that epic ass fucking cameo, dude? Yes, please. There, no, no, let, okay, so we'll, <laughs> let's get into the like less serious stuff now because we gotta start wrapping up soon. But like, yes, when when he walks into the fucking when he walks into that convenience store, he's on the <laughs> I lost he, my shit. He's on the run from the law, and he looks up and or, and like he's like <laughs> or, one of the other people in the store is like method. And I was like, I was like, wait, hold on. And he's like, oh no, oh no, that's what it was. I'm fucking this up for everybody. So the store's being held up, and one of the criminals turns and sees fucking Method Man standing in the convenience store. Literally pulls his mask up and goes, "Hey, dog, I like your music. It's nothing personal." And then like, yeah, he's like, "Sorry about this." Yeah. <laughs> and then Luke busts in and takes care of the situation. Uh, and then they have an exchange oh, too. He's like, dude. "Yo, man, you're, you're Harlem," and he's like, "Nah, man, you Harlem." Like, I know, you know they're uh, just paying respect uh, to each other. Like, I was waiting for him to like dap each other up. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to dap them. I was like, "This is fucking. <laughs> this is like the type of shit that like makes me like internally like squeal." I was just like, "Yes, this is so cool," because he. And then I, he gives him so much. Re- he gives him so much cred because, like, Method Man's like, I ain't gonna call the cops or whatever. And then Luke is like, 
uh, he's like, man, I used to listen to such and such album on repeat every day. And he's like, give me, just give me one second. And then he like breaks the guy's arm or something. Uh, and it was just like <laughs> they exchange hoodies and whatnot. And uh, I thought it was. I thought. I thought the the cameo would end there, right? And then no, there's a whole separate scene where Method Man goes on Sway in the morning, and you see Sway, and he's fucking like freestyling about Luke Cage, and he even drops the Heroes for Hire line in there, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but it was that was sick, dude. I, I loved it. I I was literally squealing like a like a little, <laughs> you know schoolgirl on my couch and i don't know if you noticed but there was two cameos in that episode the f- there was one right before as he's walking into that store oh that yeah yeah, you yeah. Blink, you miss it yeah no it's on like a, not a wanted poster but like an ad business poster it's fucking yeah, Stan, yeah. Stan Lee. no it's, it was yeah it was like it said like uh if you see a crime uh reported or yeah. some shit like that yeah stanley and and at first because I know you had you had posted something on Facebook about that cameo in episode twelve, so I was waiting for it, and I was like, "Oh shit, we're gonna see Daredevil, like we're gonna see Jessica Jones, somebody big, right?" And then that wasn't happening. And when I saw that um, that Stan Lee poster, I was like, "This is what this fucking dude is talking about, fucking Stan Lee poster." Like, <laughs> like I can appreciate that, but that's weak. Like I wanted something more. And then when I saw Method Man, I was like, "Oh." There it is. There it is. I'll take it. Dude, when Doug gets to the Method Man episode, he's going to be Wu-Tang's number one fan. Like, just oh, yeah, yeah. wait Wu- for it, bro. Wu- Wu-Tang Clan Wu-Tang appreciation <laughs> post for days. Hey, Doug, um, Doug but, we know you're listening right now, so when this comes on in the car, remind us to play some Wu-Tang for you so you know what that sounds like. <laughs> um, but I, I want to come back to... Um, and we can start to wrap up because this was like the last, uh, you know, the scene in the show. But I want I, I want to come back to the showdown. Right. So you said that you thought it was like in true Western style, these two dudes throwing down in the middle of the street. Um, and so, well, to back up for a second, you see um, Diamondback for the first time in his costume, which was ripped straight out of the comic book page, almost like too much. Like it, I thought like for, for, at first when I saw it, I was like. That doesn't fucking fit the show at all. <laughs> and then I was like, but I mean, it's it's as real as it as it gets. I mean, that's what it was in the fucking comics. Um, but the first thing that I thought of during this showdown was Rocky Five. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember Rocky Five, but he he's training this dude Tommy Gunn the whole fucking movie, and yeah. then the movie ends where they f- he's fighting Tommy Gunn in yeah. the streets yeah. of New York, and it's like a street fight, and the whole like. The whole, uh, or not New York, excuse me. It's like, uh, what, where is he from? Philly, Phil, right? Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, and so they're like, all of Philadelphia is like chanting Rocky, Rock, and like the exact same shit was happening in Luke Cage, dude. Like, I was <laughs> like, oh man, they pulled a Rocky five. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, dude, they, they kind of did. Yeah, I never, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, man, it's like a Western. They fucking did pull a Rocky five. Um, yeah, it was a little, it was a little cheesy for me. Like uh, that's, that's that's all I had stuck in my head. But they had the boxing fucking flashbacks and everything. Holy shit! Yep. They th- yep. <laughs> it's fucking Rocky. That's hilarious. Um. Uh. So, but I, overall, I mean, how did you think? How, what did you think about the ending? Did you did you like it? Because I mean, they definitely they left some some um, loose ends open well, still. I got to agree, kind of with an IGN review on it. Uh. Shout out to them. They're always like my go-to before I watch shit. But um, 
the IGN review kind of like said that that episode basically <clears throat> like it wasn't like it wasn't weak at all uh but it definitely was created in a way that was like yeah Luke Cage definitely has a lot of work left to do in Harlem like he took out he took out this bad guy um but you didn't get a sense of closure out of it which i guess is good so you keep coming back um but uh they did that thing with Diamondback at the end which now has me curious to see what happens in season 2 where All right. the guy that basically did the Weapon X program that happens to fucking Wolverine and Deadpool um basically it was, ends up how that's how they explain Luke Cage in this um uh, ends up doing it to Diamondback in the hospital um that's what was happening, right? I'm not misunderstanding that moment. No, you're correct. Okay. Because he had, like, shaved. So when it happened, I was like, is it the same guy? Because, um, like, he didn't even have, like, a Norelco left over after Luke Cage destroyed his barn. So I was <laughs> I was like, how? The Ball Sculptor 3000. Yeah, he, he had the Ball Sculptor 3000. Uh, perfect <laughs> circle, perfect butthole. Um, but, um, yeah, so... So, uh, yeah, so I I thought that made the fight better because the fight didn't suck. It was like their version of a lightsaber battle. Um, but you knew that Luke Cage wasn't going to die. And that's kind of the issue in all these superhero things is the stakes are never going to be high enough because they're not going to kill one of the superheroes. Um, right. And so, like, you know that no matter what, ultimately in the showdown, the hero is going to come out on top. The... Uh, the least likely of which was Daredevil versus uh, versus Fisk. Like, in, in real life, if I would put Matt Murdock versus Fisk, I bet Fisk would fucking destroy Matt Murdock. Um, but... Probably. Yeah. Double punches, that's it. Yeah. But, um... But, it, no. It, I will give this season... And I'm not... I, I gotta... Hold on. I gotta point something out, dog. Like... I couldn't stop thinking. Right. I couldn't stop thinking about this, bro. As soon as you found out that his name was Carl, I just kept hearing. <laughs> I just kept hearing Rick Grimes being like Carl, Carl, and and like and then fucking Luke Cage or Carl is over here like Sweet Christmas. What the hell do you want? Like that's that's just like what I kept picturing. I was like, I want to put fucking Luke Cage. In The Walking Dead, and like, see how much further the Luke Grimes group can go with fucking Luke Cage and <laughs> their group. Like, like Negan would just be like over and done with. Like, sorry, bro. Um, we should start a fan petition for that. Put Luke Cage in the Walking Dead. Luke Cage in the Walking. I mean, he can't die. Like Walker's like jaws would be breaking off trying to bite him. Yeah. And shit. Like. Yeah. I mean, it would make the show far more interesting. <laughs> like, they could, they could virtually do anything. Uh, which, oh, I, that kind of it reminded me of that moment because my dad just texted me, which is weird because it's past midnight. But my dad just texted me, was like, watching Walking Dead, blah blah blah. Glenn just died three episodes in. What the fuck, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't have, keep watching. Yeah, pops. just keep watching, man. You'll get there. Um, but. Uh, like if you're mad at Glenn dying there, wait till Glenn really dies. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, no. Uh, so so seven. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give Luke Cage a 
seven and a half. And just to sum to sum it up real quick, because I don't want to sound like I'm I'm selling Luke Cage short. I thought the acting and the dialogue in this was probably better than in most of the other series that they've done so far. Um, I don't think that Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage, is like the end all be all of acting. Um, and, and but he did a lot better in this than he did in the Halo miniseries on net on Netflix or right. or on Xbox. I mean. Um, which I it took me like six episodes to finally be like, wait, this is the fucking guy from uh, uh, this is the guy from <laughs> Halo. Um, he did a lot better in this than that, but uh, I think the supporting cast was made up of stronger actors. Um, so if he ever hears the show and hears me say this, uh, Mike, I'm just kidding. I would love to have you on the show. Um, That's a big ass dude, I, Mike. I never said shit, bro. Yeah, Danny, Danny, Danny didn't say anything, but um, but. Because I'm not super familiar with Luke Cage as the com- as a comic book um, and the other characters involved, it just couldn't top the second season of Daredevil for me because Punisher just sent that show just so over the top. Um, but uh, definitely Luke Cage, I think, is better than Daredevil season one and at least tied with Jessica Jones. Um, so that's, mm. that's my two cents on Luke Cage is score me me personally i i loved daredevil season one um like it's it's pretty it it dragged a little bit but it's pretty close to season two for me um i i think the reason why i'd put season two above season one on and uh as far as daredevil is concerned just strictly because of john bernthal um but with that being said uh i liked luke cage better than jessica jones um just i think strictly from a dialogue standpoint um because dude i mean i said it before like it just felt organic to me uh like the majority of the dialogue now there there were some really like cheesy uh, i don't want to say cheesy but there were like some campy moments where i was just like all right this this fighting seems like awkward, you know. It seems slow, um, or that's a you know that's a weird thing for him to say, or things like that. But uh, for the most part, I I super enjoyed it. Um, I I'd probably give it like a I'd probably give it like an eight. Um, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, I I liked I, for me the the dude that stole the show was Cottonmouth. Um, I love <laughs> I love this portrayal of the character. And I love the dude. Um, uh, b- bless you. Thank you. Uh, I love the dude. Uh, I love the dude that was just always playing chess in the uh, in the barbershop. Yes, <laughs> that yes. Dude was fucking rad. That dude kind of stepped the show up for me. I just he was pretty funny at the end of the show where they're having that showdown in the middle. He's like, "Man, I just fix this place up. You can't take it outside." <laughs> yeah, it's pretty classic. He was tight. Um, but. Overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I'll probably watch it again before um, Iron Fist, um, definitely before Defenders. So, um, other than that, I think that's all I got. You got anything for us, or? Uh, no, I think that probably that about does it for this week's episode of the pool. Well, uh, real quick then, um, some 
you want to throw out some plugs? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead. I got a shout. Can they find us? I got a shout out to a, a buddy of mine, Jazz Walker. He's a local uh, director and voice actor there in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, he did a little uh, ending segment for us that will now be playing at the end of every episode, so you'll hear that coming up in a minute. Um, uh, who else? Is there anybody else we got? We we need to throw out there right now. Some. Uh, no, no one in. No, in particular, shout outs to uh to the dudes that were going to the to the bachelor party with Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this yeah we'll episode. have a lot of fun. We'll, I'm sure we'll have uh we'll have plenty of stories uh, for next but, week's episode. I mean other than that, just be sure, you know, if you liked it, if you enjoyed it, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Subscribe. Find us on Instagram, Twitter. Um we'll get on that Facebook grind at some point. Yeah, we'll but we'll hit iTunes, up. Instagram, Twitter. Yep, yep. That's where you can find us for now. Um so. And then uh, be sure to uh, look up Jazz Walker on YouTube. I'll include his, the link to his YouTube in our liner notes for the episode. But uh, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us on this Wednesday. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. This has been a Pool Network production. For your latest dose of movies, television, and whatever the fuck, tune in each Wednesday. And since we know you just can't get enough, don't forget to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for information on new shows and events.